Here it is, another episode of the Infinite Banter Podcast. I'm Mark Jolliff. Thanks for checking out the show and subscribing, listening. We have just been added to Stitcher, so you can find us on there, as well as the usual places, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, CastBox, Blueberry, MixCloud, Podcast.com, Google Play, SoundCloud. There's some older episodes on there. And uh, you can follow the show on Twitter, at Infinite Banter. Also, DJ Soundwave 75 on Twitter, Instagram, at DJ Soundwave 75, and on Facebook, at Infinite Banter. This is a big show. I'm really excited to bring it to you. My man SB, an MC here in Chicago, been doing his thing in the game for a long time. I've known him for about 20 years now since I first met him. So really excited to talk to him and play some of his songs and get you guys acclimated with who he is and what he brings to the table as an MC and other things he's doing as well. I did promise I would look up The Walking Dead 193 and read it. I did read it. I do want to talk about it. And I'm going to save that for the end after the interview. This is a long episode, but it's worth it. A lot of good content here. So I appreciate everybody for checking it out. The Walking Dead uh, review for 193 will be at the very end. I'm going to save that Cypress Hill review for the next podcast. I know I promised that, but there's too much here content-wise, and I don't want to cut any of it. So we'll save that for the next time. The Walking Dead, kind of feel like if I don't talk about it now, it's going to go by the wayside. It's not going to be relevant anymore. So without further ado, before we talk to SB, you got to start the show off with the one and only... DMC. DMC, let us know what we're listening to. Yo, yo, what's up? This is me, DMC, the K-I-N-G, the greatest MC in history. And right now, you're listening to Infinite Banter, because we will banter on forever, because this is the only place for all of y'all to ever be. I be Infinite Banter. About to talk to my man, SB, here. Before we do that, let's get everybody listening acclimated with who SB actually is. Here's his song, Sunny, on the Infinite Banter Podcast. This is Sunny. The great sky stay materialized over his landscape He wanted to fist from the most highest mandate Cause he must be cursed or worse than worse To live in this environment, you need to be an Iron Man But Tony Stark's will never live this dark And he never be caught here late at the dark He is the Cyrus on cue, it's almost like a lullaby Except he knows that the blood from the gutter cry Rising like a butterfly, souls of the buzz that die to hear the audible before they even get close to the hospital if he'd have crawled then he would have survived rather than wait for the ride it's never coming on time a true homicide was committed long before we had obama with city planning shows i never planned a bit of drama one center close by we get kentucky fried chicken in the food desert hoping that we gon' die from either diet or riots we praying for the messiah to come return again then we'll turn our burners in but until such time, we'll be walking around the block with the glocks of the nines. Look at the shot town murder rate. It's hard to motivate and cultivate when the self-hate still permeate. We self-murdicate with alcohol and weed. Cause our hearts and soul bleed, but the truth is what we need. Disparity is tainting most of the seeds. It's even tainting the feed, provoking the LDs. The South Side is like an animal farm. They got us penned up, hemmed up. How we supposed to mend up without no whole foods? It's still the old rules. We being fattened for the slaughter. This is old news. I'm like the tree in the forest. Nobody round to hear. I'd rather choose to hear. My message lose the fear. Or maybe beer or being pimp of the year. They need my signal clear, but poison to interfere. Yet I'ma still shine a light on them. Yeah, a spotlight shining bright on them. Yeah, until we sober up. I'm about to slowing up and elevating higher to the stars. 
on this world of saints Yeah, we gotta keep shining light on them Yeah, and can't stop breathing truth in them Yeah, even if the near future looks cloudy in the present and lies times are bleak while we waiting on Days that don't exist with a ratchet in the hand of the youth trained to shoot Killing our own kind is the new strange fruit Black lives ignored but shooters we salute And justice from police is violence caught in action But in our neighborhoods that's a daily reenactment Laws made to trap men or should I say murder Physical and mental reducing us to simple And I learned it from the music so we becoming a minstrel No matter to us long as we got some new apparel Driving the latest whip still getting whipped by Pharaoh Still don't even know we all connected on the low though Saying black lives matter? Nah nah not quite Joe That was the case black lives would mean more And more to make others less it just make us equal Total contradiction of my people is this label African American instead of saying stolen If I'm African American I'm not fully American So just drop American Call the man African, an African descendant Announcing your repentance Giving us back our birthright language and royal lineage Cause that's who we are, a shining black star But like Odyssey said, we huddle below the bar So pause the new degree, need open eyes to see We just wanna be free, or just let us be I'ma end this with peace, cause that's what we really want A piece of the pie that America flaunt While we waiting for Right, checking out Infinite Banter. You just heard Sonny from my man SB. He is named one of the top 100 artists on Verge by NMS and one of Chicago's 10 hot rising stars by Chicago Tribune. International hip hop recording artist, a dude I've known a long time and really excited to have him on the podcast. My man SB. What is going on, my dude? MJ, what's good, man? Reunited like pizzas and herbs. Oh, man. <laughs> <laughs> Good biz, man. Good man. Biz. It's, been a, it's been a good minute, man. But you know, we've always stayed in touch, and um, you know, we just kept kept on, on point in terms of what uh, each other's doing uh, doing over time, and um, honored and, and humbled and blessed to be able to be on the show, brother. Hey, man, I got that picture from like um, 2002 or 2003. I'm not sure what year yeah. it was. We went on Flying B show, and shout out to Flying B. Uh, WCRX, Man. but uh, yes, sir. I'm gonna post it when I when I post this podcast. I'm gonna put that picture in there. You still Man. look cool. I look like a kid, and I'm <laughs> even though I'm probably uh, older. <laughs> not at all, man. I'll, I'll say this, dude. I definitely, in my opinion, you know, I feel like you know, I, I feel like I was at least about 15 pounds slimmer. <laughs> you know, on that, I feel so you on that. <laughs> yeah, it, it was it was cool. It was cool seeing that. And I had that part of my catalog, man. A special moments attached to that, bro. Before we came on here, we just played that track, Sonny. Tell heads out there who are listening, uh, what what was that song about? What what was that meaning for you? Okay, so for for that song, um, and that um, producer on that, by the way, got to give him a big shout out is uh, my man Juan Ferret. So um, yeah, that's part of the album that he put together called Hip Hop Is the Culture. So um, with Sonny, I, I really wanted to speak to, you know, all my, you know, all my little brothers. I feel like, you know, um, the world is a village, right? You know, and especially, you know, speaking to Chicago, I grew up, I was born on the north side. A lot of people probably don't know that. Um, I spent the first two years of my life on the north side, and then we moved to the south side of Chicago. So 76 in South Shore, and then um, eventually um, my longest stint probably was on um, 86 in Drexel, so right off of 87 Cottage. I wasn't that far from where, like, Common was raised. But, you know, I saw a lot, you know, growing up, and I still see a lot of what, you know, young cats are struggling through, um, you know, in the streets, not only just in Chicago, but 
in cities all over America and worldwide. And so, you know, in that song, I was speaking to really like their struggle, you know, something that I'm, you know, I'm intimate with, even though, you know, I'll say that, you know, we weren't poor by any stretch of imagination growing up, but we weren't rich either. (laughs) We were far from rich. Um, What we did have and what I thought was a big differentiator was that, you know, we had strong values. So very much like if for those that are familiar with the Cosby show, you know, our values were very much in line with, um, you know, the Huxpool. So it meant, MJ, that, you know, we weren't watching TV, you know, when it was dinner time, everybody sat down and ate a meal together. Um, when the street lights came on, I had to be in, you know. Um, I had <laughs> that is list, true. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. You know, I had my list of chores that I didn't get an allowance for. That was my contribution to the household. You know what I mean? There were certain values that as a kid, you know, sometimes, you know, you kind of moan and groan inwardly because <laughs> you're like, <laughs> my, my other friends don't have to do this. You know, I mean, we grew up vegetarians. Um, there's a lot that, you know, made us stick out as sore thumbs, you know, growing up on the south side of Chicago, but in any community that we eventually went to because we eventually moved to the south suburbs. So, um, you know, those values were, uh, they, they paid, played a huge role in, developing into you know the men that we became i've got three brothers but two that i grew up with the baby is uh you know he he just maybe turned like 21 but the twins were two years younger than me so at any rate as far as the song's concerned you know i felt i always felt a lot of empathy for my brothers um in the streets because you know you got a lot of cats that are growing up you know they're in single parent households sometimes but sometimes you know it's just the disparity sometimes they may have that both parents involved in their life but disparity can have such an influence on your life. And so, you know, in that song, I wanted to paint a picture of what the world looks like, you know, especially specifically Chicago through their eyes. And um, I make a lot of direct references to Southside, you know, speaking on like the food deserts, you know, which is critical. Um, you know, if you're not getting whole food, man, not only does that affect you physically, um, but it also affects you mentally. And I think it affects you spiritually too, because I think all three are connected you know what i'm saying so i wanted to really shine light on what life looks like for you know a young cat you know growing up on the south side of chicago you got food deserts when you step outside you got um gunshots even you know for a time when i was when i um, when i was grown i was living right off of like um, me and my daughter's mother we lived right off i want to say like 46 indiana and um you know we were looking to try to be a part of that vanguard to uh, bring Bronzeville back to its former glory, you know, because there's such a rich tradition of just culture, um, you know, and, and I could talk about this forever, but anyway. <laughs> you can. Anyway, it's okay. It's called Infinite Banters. You can go on forever. That's the name yeah, of the show. I mean, you know, so Louis Armstrong, you know, like, um, you know, great artists like Louis Armstrong, my father, my, my grandfather actually was also among many things. He was a professional singer, so he sang with Louis Armstrong and you know, he had a group that used to sing on the radio on a regular basis and so on and so forth. So, um, you know, very much connected to, you know, that scene, the Bronzeville scene. And, uh, you know, things over time, they changed drastically, you know, for the worse. And so, um, you know, like many people, me and my daughter's mother uh, wanted to be part of a revival for Bronzeville. And so, um, but, you know, when you're part of the initial vanguard, you know, you experience some things so like they would shoot like every weekend bro 
Oh. And um, it wasn't until we ended up moving out into, until we moved out into the suburbs, we moved out to a suburb called Algonquin. This is before, this predates my daughter who's sitting here right next to me listening. Um, but this predates her even being a twinkle in my eye. Uh-huh. And, uh, <laughs> and when we were out there in, um, in Algonquin, it wasn't, bro, it wasn't until I was out there that I was really able to, I think, verbalize the difference between living in a neighborhood like that, Algonquin, and living in the inner city. And the best way I can describe it, bro, is um, if you remember the cartoons from back in the day, remember you'd have that one cartoon where you'd be, you had that one, uh, it'd be the one storm cloud that would hang like right over like <laughs> the one house, you right. know, everywhere else would be sunny, you know, but it'd be that one house, man. It's just storm clouds and lightning and thunder. Bro, like when I would come back to the condo to get mail, you know, and run errands and everything, I would see that difference between Algonquin and what it was like in the inner city. It's like you could cut the disparity with a knife, man. It was almost like a fog. It's just this heavy gray filter around everything. And I thought about how much that has to affect, you know, a person's mind, a person's psyche. You know what I mean? A Without a doubt. Ambition. And, and um, you know, so Sonny was very much me channeling, you know, a lot of that experience and being able to having stepped away from that in different parts of my life to be able to have the clarity to be able to speak on that, you know, and understand it for what it is and how much it affects a person and how much it even affected me. So um, it was about, that song is about hopefully despite all of that, all the things that people battle in those type of scenarios in these communities, um, it's also a message of hope, a message of um, inspiration because I believe that, you know, I'm a very spiritual cat. So, um, you know, my faith plays a big part, not only in my life, but, you know, it's also reflected in my music and, and, and how I move from a business perspective in general. So, you know, the song ends in speaking to that. And so, you know, I, I chose to um, bring my brother, I am Oscar Rod, because, you know, not oh, only... Oh, Chicago that, legend right there. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah. So not only is that, you know, he's one of my favorite MCs. You know, he's an MC's MC, in my opinion. Very, also a very talented drummer. But um, he's also a very close and dear friend of mine. So, you know, we had always wanted to do some stuff together. He had blessed me. He allowed me to be on his classic uh, Liberation EP. Uh, so we did a joint on there together and then uh, called Despair, which kind of talks on, you know, some of the similar type of things that you experienced. Right. Uh, and we experienced growing up. But then um, I also wanted to, um, that, that despondency, so to speak. But I also wanted him to bring him on a couple of joints So uh, with me. So... One of the ones that uh, he collabed with me on was uh, with Sonny, and I think I thought the result was beautiful. Man, I mean, when I heard his voice on there, I'm like, that's crazy because that's family tree, all natural. Anybody in the yes, Chicago area, if you know your Chicago hip hop, it yes, kind of starts and stops with them dudes. You know, it's as far as Man, like the local bro. stuff. I mean, Common, of course, yeah. went on and got bigger, and you know, people you know talk about Kanye West and stuff or whatever, but. Those dudes have been putting it down for over 20 years in the Chicago area here. Yeah, and I mean, let me, you know, I'm glad you, you spoke to that connection too, because let me salute them because a big part of that too is just that, and why we got to give them, you know, that extra, put that extra respect on the name, so to speak. Yeah. Is because, um, you know, this is homegrown, you know what I mean? Indie label, you know, right here in Chicago, and nothing's changed with that. And, um, you know, I just love the story behind that too, even like, capital d story to becoming oh yeah I say he became the chief legal legal officer for um 
uh, for basketball Golden team, State right? Warriors. Yeah. You know what I mean? For the Golden State Warriors. And this is before, you know, this is before they were nice. You know, he was there before in, in the beginnings. And uh, to see, you know, the ride that they've had and to know that, you know, Chicago and Chicago Cat played an important hand in that, you know, was, um, that's something to definitely be proud of and a salute. And shout out to Greenweeds, too. I see he's doing some comedy stuff and things like that. So oh, hip hop yeah, is just man. a foundation, yeah. but you can grow. And I'll get to that with you in a little bit. You can grow into other yes, things, sir. too, as we've seen with, you know, if you want to talk about like Tupac or Common or something, someone who started in the hip hop game and went on to do. I might as well just get to it since I brought it up. You're starting to put your uh, toe in the water for acting, right? And, and movies and TV. Yeah, yeah, absolutely, man. Because, um, you know, the, here's the funny thing about it, FJ. When I first started, when I first started rhyming, you know, I always had this vision. So even before I knew that I was able to write and I credit my my fourth grade teacher, Mrs. Wall, um, you know, salutes to her. If it weren't for her, man, I don't know if I would ever really be right because as great as my parents were at seeing certain talents in me, sometimes it takes a teacher to see certain talents because they spend more time with your child than you do, the way our society is structured, right, unless you're homeschooling. And um, she gave me this one assignment, um, and she loved it so much that she entered me in the Young Authors Award contest and i was like you know wow if this lady is is saying that i'm good enough to enter in this type of contest i must be able to write and so that helped me to kind of move forward and start experimenting with different types of writing which eventually led me to start you know in different ways you know getting involved with hip-hop that's a thing i mean it's it's not just one avenue to to get to where you're trying to go speaking right. of when you got into hip-hop uh we, we just we lost bushwick bill you know about four or Man. five weeks ago and i know yeah, you have a story bro. about when he was influential on your career and you getting in the hip-hop game. And if you want to talk about Bushwick for a little bit. Yeah, absolutely. So, man, salute to the king. You know what I mean? Rest in peace. You know, we'll see you again one day. Um, the funny thing about it is, is um, you know, I, I learned a valuable lesson when I met Bushwick Bill, and that's that you never judge a book by its cover. Um, so we met, we met Bushwick Bill, man. I have a huge family on both sides, right? Um, but particularly on my father's side. So every holiday, I would say, we would usually get together, especially around, you know, uh, the Christmas holiday, right? So we had this one particular year, we were at some holiday inn somewhere on the south side. I forget what community it was. But long story short, you know, my my cousin Nikki, she happens to just venture out to the hallway. She runs across Bushwick Bill, who was staying at the same hotel, and she's like, hey, you know, what are you doing? He's like, man, nothing, just probably about to just go back up to my room. She was like, why don't you come down and eat with us? You know, and he was just like, no, 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 I don't want to impose this. Thing. And she was like, no, like, we're, that's how we do. You know, we're, we're very hospitable as the family, the Butler family, you know, and, you know, the Brooks family. So um, he actually came down. And so the reality of it was, is like, you know, I always was that cat, you know, with coach, you know, in hip hop, there was a big, at least when I was coming up, you didn't want to be an ex rider, right? You know what I'm saying? I won't say the word, but. <laughs> I got you. you. Know, so, I got you. <laughs> so, you know, I, I played, you know, I kind of played the back, and, you know, we're eating at this huge table, and Bushwick is just telling us all these crazy hip hop stories, but, you know, very interesting stories. And one of the things that I was immediately impressed by is that I was just like, he had the charisma of some of the greatest speakers that I've ever known. And, and, and he was also a very conscious dude. And, you know, in me listening to the Ghetto Boys music, I never got that out of him. 
Right, you know what I'm right, saying? right. And but again, that's part of the lesson. Never judge a book by its cover. And what I find is that what I found as I matriculated more through the industry, as I would meet more of my musical heroes, is that man, these people are so complex. Um, just like as we all are as human beings, though, exactly. Right? MJ, like at exactly. the end of the day, we're all we're multifaceted. You know, you might meet me in one context, and you might see one aspect of me, or you might meet MJ in one context, and you might see one. Oh, I'm an idiot no matter what, no matter what. I'm, <laughs> I'm an idiot every day of the week. <laughs> but, but, but by no means, you know, does that one aspect, that one facet I got of the you. gym or who you are represent you in totality. And so I was able to see that in corresponding with Bush Big Will. And, you know, so I learned a lot from him, just in him telling him story, his, his stories and, you know, and, and sharing his consciousness and his spirituality um, and just his humble spirit, you know. Um, I've heard a lot recently, you know, and Willie B's been talking about different situations and all of that. And all I know is I can't, you know, his story is his story. His reality is his reality right. in terms of his interactions with him. But what I can tell you is from my interactions, you know, Bushwick Bill was a solid human being of the highest order, um, honorable a, a, a great intellectual and um, a very conscious individual as well too. So um, you know, salutes to him. And then, and, and then, what I have to say too is I have to speak with you know how he got me really going in the industry because back in those days I was just basically like kind of freestyle, you know, in different scenarios. What year are we but talking about? Roughly with, like late nineties or? Yeah, I mean, this had yeah, this was definitely late nineties. Like, um, I want to say this might have been like circa like maybe ninety four, maybe ninety five, oh, wow. something like that. Yeah, like this was way back. So, um, I wasn't really serious. I was more busy, you know, partying. You know what I mean? Right. To be honest with you, and going to school, right? You know, I was because I was in school. But um, you know, he at, at any event that we had, and this was one of the traditional events we would have. My my family, you got to get up. You got to entertain. So <laughs> the, the kids will always get up and entertain the elders, and the elders would jump in and they would do their songs and temptation songs and all kinds of you know stuff that they grew up with. But we, the, the burden of it, really fell more, I think, on our shoulders. It didn't matter what you did; you had to get up and do something. So that might mean rap, sing, dance. You know what I mean? Recite a poem, play a guitar, whatever you were expected whenever we got together to do something. So um, for me, that always meant, and, and, and several of my cousins, that meant that we would always get up and we would rhyme. So like like any other scenario, we get up, we go to the mic, we'll switch there, of course. You know, we start rhyming, and look, unbeknownst to me, Bushwick was like, even though I was playing the back, you know, and all my other cousins were asking questions, when he heard me rhyme, he was like, yo, who is that? Right. And he was talking to my uncle, my uncle Gil, who, um, you know, he was one of the um, he was one of the leader in the leadership role at CHA. But um, he was also one of the uh, creators of the Midnight Basketball League, which went on to, like, help a lot of kids, took, took a lot of young young brothers off of the street that were, you know, selling, you know, in those days they were selling crack. They were involved in the gangs heavy. Um, but by that one program, they were able to pull them off of the streets get them involved in the different job training and they were actually able to make a correlation between that midnight basketball league and a decrease in crime so you know they were even going to do a movement on his life it took him many places um he met president i want to say 
Bill Clinton might have been the president at the time. So he met the president. He met all kinds of, you know, um, you know, I guess important people, so to speak. Right. Right. So he's talking to my uncle and he's like, yo, does he have a demo tape? And my uncle's like, I don't know. He's always doing that rap stuff. You know what I mean? My uncle, yeah, my uncle didn't know anything about, you know, you know, hip-hop really at that time. Right. Because uh, that was still kind of early. It wasn't what it is now, right? Right, right. Um, and so he was just like, yo, you need to get this kid in the studio. He was like, he literally, quote, end quote, he was like, he has the skills to make mills. And so while my uncle didn't know much about hip-hop, and, and the long-term potential what hip-hop will become, what he, he pulled me to the side, he was like, look, and he said just that. He's like, I don't know anything about the music game. He's like, but I'm a businessman. He was like, if this man is telling me that you have the skills to make mills, you know, I want to invest in you. I want to help you. And so he was like, find out how much it's going to take for you to make a demo tape. And he was like, me and your aunt are going to support you. So, I mean, that's just, and that was just love, man. I can't even thank them enough. So, so shout out to my uncle Gil and my aunt Kathy for support in that way. You know what I mean? Not just supporting me emotionally and verbally, you know, um, but, and, and, and all of that's important, but man, willing to, willing to write a check. So right around that time, I met a brother by the name of Mike Hood, who my buddies, Robin Gennaro, that I actually grew up with. And they used to always tell me, man, you need to get with Hood, you need to get with Hood, but even though, like, I was kind of early with it, I had done a little bit of rhyming. I think I had actually done, like, some rhyming with a group. But I had gotten a little jaded with it because, man, you know how groups go, man. Not everybody got the same work ethic. And my work ethic was extremely high. Right, right. And, you know, one of my buddies that was in the group, his work ethic was more like he kind of wanted to live life more. more. He wanted to do more smoking. Exactly, rhyming, no matter how talented he really was, right? So at any rate, um, I got jaded. And dealt with a couple different situations early on. And so it took me some time to actually be like, you know what, I'm going to call this guy. But somehow, you know, my buddies kept on me and me and Mike Hood got together and we just clicked. We became super cool. And he was like, yo, dude, you nice. I got to get you with my buddy Dre. And I didn't know who Dre was. I didn't know his history or anything like that. So he drives me out all the way out to Kankakee, bro. I had never been to Kankakee in my life. I'm like, where are we going? Man? I don't even know where it's it like, is. I know it's south. That's it. <laughs> it's south, bro. And I mean, it's a good bit south from the city proper. So um, we drive all the way out there and we get to the house. But he had told me a little bit about Dre on the way there. He was like, yo, dude is a dope producer, ill on the scratches. This is Twister's DJ. You know, so. Oh, wow. Um, there you go. I, I go and I go to spit for Dre and. <laughs> You know, DJ Icy Dre, shout out to him. Uh, I go to spit for Dre, and, um, you know, I'm giving it my all, right? And, dude, I'm looking at his expression. He's stone-faced Jackson through the whole time. <laughs> so, you know, I finished spitting. He don't really say none. He said, all right, Mike. He said, I think he said, like, at the end, he was like, okay, Mike, I'm going to call you. I was like, man, this dude must think I'm whack. Wow. <laughs> you know, so I left. So I, so we leave the house. Was that a gut like, punch for you? <laughs> man, it was crazy. Yeah, yeah. it was kind of a gut punch. I was like, man, dude, I, Mike, I was like, man, I don't think, I don't know, Mike. I was like, man, I don't think he was feeling me. And and Mike was just laughing and smiling. He was like, oh, no, no. He was like, I can tell, man. I can tell, man. You go, y'all going to work. Watch, y'all going to work. And sure enough, right after that, we got busy. So we went straight to Creator's Way. I'm, I'm giving some history now because this yeah. is like, I was fortunate enough, like, in my early experiences, you know, these are, like, my first songs that I'm really recording as a solo artist. 
I recorded at Creators Way with Twister, I think Do or Die, like a lot of Chicago greats recorded out there. And I went straight to real. You know what I'm saying? Wow. So I tell all of that because, like, if it weren't for Bushwick Bill. That's the genesis you know almost, I mean? right? I mean, in a sense. Yeah. Because, I mean, I had the budget. You know, my, my aunt and my uncle were like, whatever it costs. I went to Dre. Dre was like, okay, this is how much it's going to cost. We're going to do this the right way professionally. And he knew how to do it because I think he had already done an album that had gotten a nice write-up in the source with Twister at that time. So he knew exactly what needed to happen. He had traveled the world with Twister. He knew how to get the right recording and who we needed to work with. So we went to Creator's Way. You know, he gave me the beats. We went in, we recorded. And, I mean, it sounded amazing. And that got me my first foothold because... Mike Love and the Diz, one of the songs off of that, I Played You, I Don't Want to Say Never. They played it on WGC. I was blessed, bro, like, because things just kind of aligned for me in the sense that, you know, I would make, I would create music, and then all of a sudden, you know, we give it to somebody on a high level, and the next thing you know, like, they're playing it on the radio. This is back when they had Slam It or Jam It. So, but I credit Bushwick Bill so much because for me, I didn't necessarily believe that, you know, I had what it took to, you know, really do this for real, for real. It was just something I enjoyed to do, right? That man saying that I had the skills to make meals was all I needed to hear. It made it official. It almost made it look like, okay, I'm doing something here that if I take my talents and my skills and sharpen them, I could actually make something out of this. That's that's all I needed, man. You know, I mean, it was like it was like a king, you know, you know, giving you your knighthood. I was like, all right. I mean, this is Bushwick (laughs) Bill. My playing tricks on me like that was one of my that's one of my favorite songs ever. Yeah. And by the way, I love the radio version of that song. Just for the record, I think the radio version is better than the album version because it's so creative the way they had to like make it fit for radio and for people who didn't want to hear the curse words but uh man i mean it was so dope i mean like i could remember riding around you know um going to parties you know going back and forth to classes with my guys and we used to play that tape till it popped oh big time (laughs) this is back when you had tapes (laughs) <laughs> I still have them. I just don't play them. <laughs> right, exactly, bro. So, yeah, that's, that's that story, bro. Well, you notice a lot from what you said there. Um, unfortunately, radio stations don't make or break artists that much anymore. They hardly play local talent. I mean, I, I almost if, if they do, I'm not aware of it. Um, You're right. It's very clear channel. It's very, I mean, and not the not clear channel, but it is what it is. It's so formatted. So, like, it's, it's now you can go to any, basically, you can go anywhere in the country and they're probably going to play, if it's a quote-unquote what they call urban station, they're probably going to play the exact same music. Right. Whereas I can remember a time, you know, when I was moving on the scene, you know, and it may still kind of be like this for Cali. It's been a little bit since I've been to Cali, but I can remember going, just being so refreshed when I would hear music in Cali because you might hear a jazzy song, then you might hear a soulful song, then you might just hear like a straight-up, raw hip-hop west coast feeling song and i mean that was just what it was because i feel like in cali you know the music was always very eclectic you know what i mean i don't know if it's still that way so i gotta get back out there i gotta kind of listen to the radio out there yeah you're like ll and biggie go back to cali uh, man I- bro yeah <laughs> i love i love cali now you know that i mean different strokes with different folks but my, I always had great experiences with Cali. I, I know different people who was like, ah, you know, I don't like Cali. You know, I feel like it's phony, blah, blah, blah. I loved it, man. I loved the weather. 
I was designed for the tropics, MJ. <laughs> um, you know, not this hundred degree stuff that we have today. I'm guessing, man. or is that what you like? I don't know. I I'm not feeling Bro, it. I'm in the house all I mean, day. I, 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 I'm glad you mentioned that because really, it did, so let me let me be more clear. I'm a '70s dude. I got like, you, I like, like San Diego. Man, I like, <laughs> let's keep it in the San Diego, man. Beautiful place. I like to keep it in the '70s. When it gets above that, man, too far above that, I'm not really with it. Um, I gotta be in a pool, and then you know, even <laughs> still, course. you know what I'm saying? Yeah, I gotta be in a pool if it's that hot. Um, and um, even with that, if it's a certain temperature, I can't even stand it in the pool. So like, I love Dallas. I love Dallas because my brothers are down there, you know, and my nieces and my nephews, a good portion of them are, are down there as well too. So I love visiting Dallas. But man, bro, like we wouldn't go out until like the evening because it was that hot. I remember when I was in San Francisco, uh, 2005, it was kind of like Chicago. Like in the daytime, it was hot. I was sunburned. And then like as soon as the sun went down, it was like 50 degrees. And I was like wearing shorts and a t-shirt and I was like not prepared at all. Yeah, bro, it'll it'll drop on you. (laughs) Man, we're talking with SB here on Infinite Banter. This is another thing you touched on that I, I can't overlook. Myself, I just became a father about a month ago. You're a father as Congratulations, well. Oh, oh, Appreciate it, man. Thank you so much, man. And thanks for the kind words on, online, as you say, about the pictures I post and all that. Um, is gorgeous. I don't know how I had anything to do with that. I don't know how it happened, but somehow. <laughs> <laughs> Salute. And I think, you know, it's something like when everybody's telling your baby is gorgeous, then you really know. Because, like, honestly, like, if it's just you, you feel like, all right, I'm biased. Yeah. <laughs> but no, I, no, your, your daughter is gorgeous bro i can't front man i've seen you know it's it's weird it's almost like when you get a car and you see your car all the time it's like now i see yeah. babies all the time it's it's weird how this happens and i'm like noticing like <laughs> charlie brown head kids and i'm like right. man uh that's a that's an interesting looking baby you know <laughs> right, like, right. i know that's foul to say but i can't hey, i can't front man their mother's eyes and their parents eyes but you know maybe not to everyone else <laughs> <laughs> but the deeper point here is that you touched on how your family was supportive and hearing yes. you say that's making me think like whatever she wants to do. And I know you're supportive of your daughter as well. I'm going to back it, you know, whatever it is, if she's down with it, it's something she really is passionate about. And hearing you talk about how much it meant for you coming up and look where you are now. Yeah. Same thing. I feel like I've got to make sure I'm on that same path and that trajectory with uh, raising her. That's everything, man. And I love that you said that because um, my my particular you know perspective on parenthood is that man our kids come here with certain things man it's 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 amazing i feel like they come here with certain affinities they come here with certain talents um i'll even go a step further than they they come here with a certain purpose and it's not for us to press our you know desires upon them i think it's the opposite you know we're to observe we're to expose them to as much as we can possibly expose them to um, and as we are watching and observing and we find that they have certain affinities or they have certain talents, you know, let's nurture that, you know, let's enrich that. Let's give them everything. And if they say, hey, you know, this is the direction I want to go in, you know, again, um, shower them with the resources, immerse them in the environment um, that's going to help them to, to have success um, in that particular area. So I feel like that's my job as a parent. So. You know, when really honestly, like um, I didn't push the whole artistry thing on her. Um, I just kind of observed and I let her speak to it and say, hey, you know, daddy, I really want to do this, you know, um, in terms of like starting to do more things um, to kind of set her up to be able to 
kind of move in the business. But, um, you know, I did obviously expose her to music. You know, I mean, that's my, this is my little ace. So right, right. I remember going to Lollapalooza. Like, you know, I was fortunate enough to get like VIP passes for like a number of years to Lollapalooza. Um, so I remember we went one particular year. They had Kids of Palooza there. So, you know, I would always take her to Kids of Palooza. She'd have a ball there. I'd have a ball there. And then we'd also go to, you know, the dope <laughs> Lollapalooza. And she was right there with me, um, kicking it to Outcast. Oh, and how do you beat she that? Was, yeah, and as many people, you know, that may or may not know me, man, she was the star. <laughs> you know what I mean? Because people <laughs> right. were just like, who is this little girl who's just vibing and kicking it just as strong with us? And I love that. You know what I mean? I, and I got that from my parents. My parents took me everywhere they exposed me to all not only just all kinds of music so that's where i get my eclectic taste in music um but then they also exposed me to culture you know um all kinds of culture some of it you know I, I, a lot of it all credit to my mother when we were young she 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 took us to eat everywhere you know so we learned how to eat with chopsticks early you know what I'm saying? So oh man we had we had had japanese chinese thai We'd had Ethiopian, Eritrean, you know, Nigerian. I mean, wow. go around the world and pretty much my mom, Italian, you know, Greek. My mom had exposed us to food, the food of uh, varying cultures across the entire world. And I think that that's an important point to make. So before you get to traveling, you know, one of the ways that you can travel and immerse yourself in a culture and, and, and uh, is, is through food. And I think the more that you do that, the better person it makes you. I think it builds character, but it also teaches you certain lessons in terms of just the intrinsic value in the, in, in not only our similarities, but also our differences. So it, 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 um, it creates the environment to make you love and respect and honor cultures outside of your own, which I think is important in making you just a good human being. Oh, so much out of that. I mean, especially in the political climate we're living in now, and I don't want to get into too much of that, but, you know, I think people need to to embrace other cultures and at least understand them to where they don't have one point of view all the time about, like, a stereotype or, or a yeah. perceived notion about this group of people or that group of people. But Chicago is a great city for what you just said because there's all these little pockets, little neighborhoods, all these different restaurants and stuff. So if you venture out there it's like going to another country or going and you get to Man. immerse yourself so as a kid i didn't get to do that stuff we ate hot dogs and macaroni and cheese all the time but uh, <laughs> as i got older i started to uh you know learn different cultures and eat different foods and such so that's that's important and your parents they're big like that they took you out to eat and everything that's cool man yeah yeah i, I love that man so um yeah shout out you know shout out to them yeah <laughs> speaking of the hot weather you said you were at that uh, Dilla tribute last night. Man, it was amazing, bro. So it started out with, um, so um, it started out with a performance from a man, Kenny Keys. Um, you know, Chicago, born and raised. I think he lives in Houston now. He was saying, but um, very talented producer as well as um, as well as a, a very very nice on the on the keys, like actually playing the keyboard. So um, he had an amazing set, man. I mean, his his music, man, I mean, was a perfect accompaniment because so many of the beats that he played last night, 
you know, put me in that dealer mode like that. You know, you know, when you do that ugly face and that head nod is just <laughs> uncontrollable. Dow was doing that, you know, the whole time his, his doing his set and um he brought out a um, beautiful sister. I can't remember what he brought out a Encyclopedia Brown. So they got an album that they're dropping, uh, or maybe just dropped. He brought out another sis. I hate that I don't remember her name. She was dope singing. I think um, they had done a project prior um, called Innisfere, or maybe that was the name of the group. And then um, lastly, he actually brought out um, a man, Adad, for a song or two. And Adad is dope. Like, he's. He's he's he he's got to be not only just a Chicago treasure but like a national treasure. Like again, one of those dudes. Like I would say, like I am Asamad that I I feel right. is an MC. You know what I'm saying? So it was love to be able to see him, and I think he was saying like he had you know rocked on the mic in like five years, which is you know that's a travesty in my opinion. But that also you know um, it, it it was such a gift to be able to see him do it and. That, those are, that's one of the things that, you know, I did want to kind of touch on, too. It's just like it hurts, man, you know, the way the industry can move sometimes, you know, and, and the way it's so much about trends and trends. Unfortunately, I think that trend negatively, you know, you'll have somebody like Adah should be somebody, in my opinion, just like Iron Moss, that people should know globally renowned, you know, and I mean, not to pat myself on the back, but, you know, I feel like I'm that dude as well. And I mean, we are in different ways but you know there's different radars in this game you know um mj so i feel like on the highest radar a die should be known and treasured i feel like on the highest radar my man um a die should be a uh, treasure because i feel like these are mcs that i'm talking about where they just as, they're just as good as maybe as a lupe's or i mean these are my brothers so i love right them. But I'm just being, you know, real. You know, they're just as good as the Lupe's or the Ron Fest, you know, even the Commons. And Common is one of my goats. You know what I mean? Like in my top five, I'm gonna put Common there. You know, going back to the conversation we're having a little bit. Oh, because, okay. You make me you want know, to know what those other four are. <laughs> substance is important, right? Exactly, right. Substance is important. You know, substance is. I it weighs heavily in my conversation when we're talking about an MC, and especially if you're talking about greatest of all time. And the thing is, a lot of people that are top on people's list that you hear a lot, I got a question that substance. You know, I I, I will I had commented on um I thought, you know, to live be man, that's my man. You know, I don't rock with to live uh a few times to live quietly. But uh, you know, for live shows and stuff. Right. But he'd be killing me, man, because to live goes to war daily on Twitter. I'd be like, man, I don't even <laughs> understand how he does it, bro, because like to live got a busy itinerary. Yeah, so, he's like, I mean, but he goes at, you know, he goes at, you know, a lot of these racist cats, you know, that are online trolling and, you know, throwing up certain types of flags, the flag of negativity, the flag of divisiveness. And, and to live don't hold no punches. I mean, he goes to war with these dudes every day. So salute him for that. Yeah, and he's I'm been doing that ever since the Black Star album first came out. Him and Most Def, bro, uh, they yes. they have not they've been relentless. They don't they don't hold back. <laughs> it's nah, it's refreshing, all, man. I love him and I salute him for that. So I, I jumped in, you know what I mean? Because that somebody tried to, you know, one of the guys that he was kind of bantering with had the audacity to try to question, you know, his status as an MC. Get out of here. His status what? in the Pantheon and the greater con. And I, and I had to jump in. I was just like, you know, because Talib had kind of responded. And he was just like, you know, I did this the hard way. 
And I had to jump in and be like, he's right. And, and that's why I'm bringing this in the conversation, MJ, because, you know, there's certain MCs, you know, who get put on those greatest of all time lists, but they didn't do it the hard way. They took the fast route. You know what I mean? As talented as they are, as an MC, I can tell you that I know that there's a difference. You could take the easy route. You could do the shock value culture, like money, sex, drugs. You do that, that's the easy way. <laughs> Trust me, <laughs> that is the easy way. But when you're talking about empowerment, uplifting, motivation, cultivation, anything powerful, it's crazy. But we live, we've lived in a time for a while where, like, what's positive is almost negative. Like, people paint that to be bad. They don't want to, you know, they, it's a lot harder for you to be able to get that to bubble on certain radars. You have to be extremely gifted and you got to work extremely hard to make that cut through. Because just as the positive, there was a time where the positive in hip hop was what was hot. You know, now it's like, you know, if you're sending out negative imagery in hip hop, that's what's hot. You know, and we've been on that for a while now. So, um, Again, I had to salute and jump in and speak for a man to live. Yeah. And I had to have that greater conversation about the greatest of all time, in my opinion. You know what I mean? Like, if your GOAT doesn't have substance, like, if he, if they're not speaking positivity, upliftment of the community, you know, hip-hop and the culture in general, you know what I mean? Like, they don't belong on the greatest of all time list. Muhammad Ali is a GOAT. Because of all the things, not only the not just boxing, right? The ring, but yeah. the stuff he did outside the ring in terms of again, upliftment, liberation, you know, positivity. That's what when I, we're talking go. That's what you talk. Yeah, about. I'll even when his health was declining, he was still doing that stuff. He he never Bro, stopped yeah. until the day he I died. Mean, it's not about when we're talking about any type of art. You know, athletes are artists. You know, in my opinion, Michael Jordan is an artist. That dude paint paint paints with the rock. Or painted with the rock, right? Right. It's not about how much money you made. Jordan was underpaid for many, many years. You know, his money was really being made through endorsements. When we're talking about greatest of all time, I'm talking about you have to be at a whole nother caliber in terms of how you perform. Let me hear some names, SB. You know, you know, people are salivating when they hear you say this. <laughs> I mean, Common, Common, uh-huh. got to be on the go. You know, and top five in my opinion. Karis one. I mean, because again, we he's talk, the epitome of what you're talking about, KRS One. We talk I mean, about skills. We're talking about production rate over years. You know what I'm saying? We're talking about substance. You know, we're talking about all of that, right? We talk about performance. You know, can you rock a stage? Because, like, in my opinion, ah, you really should. You're gonna have to be really, really nice in some of those other categories if your stage show is whack. <laughs> you know what I mean? True, true, indeed. Considered a goat, right? You know what I mean? In my opinion. Karis One got to be on that list. Karis One is still rocking. Yeah. And I mean, I remember he had that one line in Spark Madison where he was like, river the microphone till I'm da da da. I won't say the word. <laughs> 60. You know what I mean? I mean, he's doing that. You know what I mean? He continues to travel the world. And I mean, when you look at what he's brought to the culture in terms of positivity, in terms of speaking truth to power. You know what I mean? Those are the people that I would have that are in that conversation. Yeah, him and Chuck um, are right there as far as like positivity, Chuck, I mean, you political, have, Paris be another one I put in there. Yeah, I mean, I'll, I'll argue there's a lot of people that could fill that spot, you know? I mean, oh yeah, definitely yeah. Chuck D. 
Uh-huh. So he has to be in the conversation when you talk about greatest of all time, in my opinion. Um, the greatest voice, in my opinion, as far as anything else. Man. Forget everything else. We just some a, a dude's voice who just boomed through the speakers. Chucks did that every time. Exactly, bro. So I mean, it's it, you know those are the type of cats. Like you, I mean, in my opinion, to be a goat, you got to be nice skills wise. You got to have a voice. Like Guru said, you know, you know, the voice is important. <laughs> um. I mean, Lauren Hill is one of my favorite MCs. I feel like Lauren gotta has to be in the conversation, right? Um, not not because the body, not because she has such a long body of work, but when I look at the value of what she was saying, the messages and what her imagery did, you know what I mean for the culture. Yeah, it's crazy because like, her her solo album was twenty years ago, basically, right? Right. So it's yeah. like twenty years later, you're still talking about Lauren Hill. <laughs> and even with the lyrics on her unplugged, like people, I feel like people got it twisted. Yeah, you know, I, I mean, like they didn't understand. Oh, she got a lot of backlash. Yeah, I remember that. She got a lot yeah. of backlash, but like, do, I'm like, do y'all know what unplugged is? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> it's not scripted. <laughs> like, this is not going to be. It's not, you're not going to have the same level of polish that you have for a product that you went into a studio and you had it mixed down, number one. Number two, you didn't understand that she was sharing songs that were still in development with you guys. Do you understand what a gift that is? As an as a artist, you know, and you just being as part of the biz, bro, you understand that there's a process to creating, you know, the finished product, Right. Lauren was given was pulling the she pulled the veil back to allow you guys to see songs that were in development that she hadn't even finished and she was sharing that with you in all its rawness and for those people that gave her backlash I'm like you don't even understand the gift that you were given she was being very open with you you know she was being very vulnerable with you and I found that vulnerability that she shared that night when she rocked that stage I was like this is what you artistry is about yeah and people, it's very easy to, to, to just only put out your best stuff when it's polished and and not to reveal your insecurities, you know, as an individual, as a human being in your music. That that inspired me to go to a high place in my lyrics because, you know, hip hop traditionally is from the beginning is very much about braggadocio. I'm only presenting myself in my best in all forms. That's how it, it really kind of started out, right? We weren't, you know, we weren't all that revealing in terms of like, you know, um, talking about our, you know, us, us at our worst, you know, our insensitivity, you know, that's one of the things I love about what, the, what Kanye brought to the game when college dropped out. You know, when he talked about, you know, um, how insecure he was, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. And, being, and having the self-will is not, it's not even just to have the fearlessness and the courage to speak that out to the world, but it's also, you know, just to have the cognizance the self-realization knowledge itself is very important knowing your strengths is important but knowing your weaknesses is just as important if not as important i appreciated what she did and i know she inspired kanye she probably him watching lauren and he probably would even say this him watching lauren and that unplugged on that night because you know he picked up lauren in so many different ways in his lyrics and then just in interviews to the point where he took one of the songs off of that um oh yeah for that sample performance. Uh-huh. the mystery i think it was the mystery of iniquity like that's the yeah sample that for when it all falls down right 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 and he's talking about the insecurities and all of that you know what i mean he's being extremely vulnerable in a way that prior to kanye you didn't really see that level of vulnerability 
Not like that, bro. <laughs> and look at what Kanye spawned. There's so many other rappers that have gone on to do big things that kind of took the Kanye formula and ran with it and made it their own. But Kanye, I think, is the birth of, like, you know, the vulnerable rapper. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, I mean, and not, and not in a bad way. No, that's the opposite. That. If you think about it, growing up, you know, you Run DMC, Kane, Rakim, it was all about braggadocious. I'm the best. I'm the greatest. And what you're talking about, the vulnerability, that's a whole 180 from what right. a rapper and MC was supposed to be, I guess. Exactly. And I, and I, and I love that because that would, those are some of the things that I envied from other cultural genres. And I, I felt like we would eventually get to it. But, you know, there's certain, you know, like, um, what's the what's the genre that I feel like is really good? I feel like folk music is good with that. You know what I mean? Folk music is good with kind of just talking about or country music, you know. Uh -oh. We can hear SB uh, country folk song coming up. <laughs> hey, man. I mean, <laughs> old town, I, I, old town Chicago Road or something, whatever. Here's my thing, man. I mean, like, you know, I mean, what I would say is this, man. I love all music. Um, I would say like one of the greatest samples that in hip hop history, Slow Down came from a country song. You oh yeah, that? yeah, uh, Edie Brickell, right? Man, bro, yeah. So like, I mean, people don't understand. Like, I mean, let's be real. I'm gonna talk history. You know, many of us migrated to the north from the south, <laughs> which is is in, especially in the time when we migrated, where our parents came to you know the north from. Um, came up to the north. You know, Chicago is very much a city of people who migrated uh, from the south, uh, especially when you talk about black folk, to the south side of Chicago, bro. The Great Migration, you know, is what they call it, if I remember correctly. So, I mean, I come, my folks come to came to Chicago by way of Louisiana, by way of Alabama, by way of. Um, you know, Virginia, you know what I mean? Which, you know, in Virginia, you, you know, you far enough, that was considered South. <laughs> you know what I mean? In the way they move, you know, Southern Virginia, you better believe that. So, um, so yeah, man, like, I, I recognize, I know that history. So, I, with us talking about that, man, can I plug the movie? Because I think that's a good transition. Yeah, go for it, man. Go ahead. So, yeah, you had mentioned earlier that I'm working on film and everything. And, and, um, and I, 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 long, I deviated away from it, so I'm glad we're coming back to it. One of the main reasons why um, I got into music in the first place, bro, is because I wanted to move into film. Like, my first talent that I ever knew that I really had was the ability to draw. I'm really, I'm pretty nice <laughs> with the visuals, bro. Um, but, you know, so I was always a big fan of Disney growing up until I started recognizing, you know, some of the stuff that in there that was just either straight out racist or what I would say is the lack of inclusion. You know what I mean? Right. A lack right. of uh, a lack of reflection of like we live in a very diverse world, man. We live in a world where you got people of all kinds of different shades and colors, right? Um, as pro black as I am, bro, you talking <laughs> to a brother who you know, and I am very pro black. Yeah. But I also understand, bro. Like scientifically, there's only one race, bro, and that's the human race. Right. Let's keep it real. No, yeah, there's always been that stigma. When you say pro-black, people think, man, oh, you're right. saying, like, I, I don't like other people. It's just like, the, you know, the Black Lives so Matter movement, things like that. They right. take it and they try to flip and say, oh, what about this? What about this group? What about so that? Nobody's saying that. Yeah. Right. No, nah, it's, it's, it's what you say pro-black. 
You say I'm black and I'm proud. You say black love because there's so much conditioning. There was like Chuck said, it takes a nation of millions to hold us back. There was so much conditioning to make us think that we were sub, not only subhuman, we weren't worthy. You know that we hadn't contributed anything to, you know, um, society to culture at large. When in fact. <laughs> We've always been huge influencers of culture, but that's what, you know, if you want to subjugate a people, you want to get them to work for free forever, that's what you do. <laughs> You're going to tell them that they've never contributed anything. They'll never amount to anything. They aren't contributing anything. Even when all world history is the testament of the very opposite. You know what I'm saying? So I, I know what I battle. So it's like, it's like, man, you know, if you get a puppy from a shelter, Man, you got to shower that puppy with love, man, because you know that puppy's been damaged. It's not that you don't love any other puppies. You know, you probably got other puppies, you know what I mean, right. at the house, right? Right. But, man, you got to shower that puppy with extra love because that, 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 uh, that puppy has been through trauma. And so that's what people mean when they do black love. That's what they mean when they do black proud, man. They know they got to give black folk need extra love. And not just from other black folks. <laughs> right. From our, from our other brothers and sisters in humanity. <laughs> we need that, bro. Like, And I just feel like we deserve that. What we, I mean, look at what was built on our backs. Look at what was built through our blood and our sweat and our tears. You know, and we still haven't seen reparations. Like, we're still talking about reparations. Oh, you know what I'm saying? Like, there's still a conversation. Like, there's no real action. You know what I mean? There's no real dollar amount being um being uh being transferred so that's what we talk about so anyway get back to this get <laughs> i was gonna say here. it just seems so logical I but digress. no i i always cram to understand people who don't understand this kind of stuff it just seems Bro. so logical when you just break it down to its essence it's like man you, what what are you not seeing what are you not understanding yep. other than you're just yep. a bigot or you're just it's, you have your own point of view on things and you're never going to change so well some people are sheltered you know yeah some people are sheltered and um i learned a long time ago common sense ain't common and that's why these conversations bro so salutes to you for having this platform because we need arenas where people of varying backgrounds um, can have these type of discussions. You know, we need these type of forums where people of varying backgrounds, you know, at their fingertips, they can hear a conversation like this and they can learn from it. You know, so, you know, salutes, kudos to you. Oh, no, trust me, man. You know, if, yeah. if one person listens and hears this and, they, you know, might alter their their way of thinking on something or if even if it's just going in an SB joint, you know, and salutes, you know, big up. That's that's yeah. what we're here for. You know what I mean? You you change you change the world just in doing that. Like one person can change the world. I truly believe that. So with the film, the film is about the name of the film is um, so I'll, I'll talk. I'll end in Disney. So I kind of you know I kind of got sick with Disney just because I was just like, look, they're not even when they started to do a little bit more. I'm like, they're not doing what they could do. And so I'm a believer. I'm like, you know, the Mahatma Gandhi quote you know, be the change you want to be in the world, right? That you want to see in the world. So I was like, man, this means that I got to make my own films. And I was just like, man, I, I want to, I want to build a company that rivals Disney that reflects the global village that I see, you know, people of all shades and colors that show, that tells all these beautiful, wonderful stories, because whether you're talking about black history, white history, brown history, red history, yellow history, Bro, that's the history of the world. It's the his history of humanity. 
And we should all big up that and we should all salute that and we should all be proud of that. You know, this divisiveness, man, I, this, race is a con it's an artificial construct. You know, I can get into the history of it, but I won't because I don't really have so much time. <laughs> Get back to the that's place. another show <laughs> right, exactly. which you could do if you want don't don't even don't man, even sweat it bro, you can yo, definitely I, do it I, I, I would love to do more chats like this with you man because I'm, I'm having a ball talking i had all this hip-hop stuff written down and i've barely even touched it <laughs> <laughs> it's all good man, though I mean, that's what it is yes sir um so um so with the film red this this all leads up i say all of these things to lead up to um this amazing film that we're working on uh red summer winter blues and the idea uh for this film um and the main force behind this is one of my favorite filmmakers and uh dear friend the woman by the name of barbara allen you know known affectionately to most people as ba she's a multi-emmy award winning filmmaker producer engineer uh most people would know her uh most for a film uh, that she did for PBS. It's the um, uh, biggest selling, uh, biggest acclaimed, critically acclaimed film that PBS has ever generated, which is saying a lot because PBS generates a lot of incredible content. I'm a fan of PBS. Um, Do Sable to Obama, which told, she used these two figures because a lot of people you know the sad part about it is a lot of people don't know that Chicago was founded by a black man yeah the statue's right downtown if you want to look for it bruh yeah. <laughs> you know yep. what and they got the bus and I'm glad we got that but yeah bro, we should have oh it should be more than that but yeah, the, remember right. the Maryland remember the Maryland Monroe statue that they had over there oh the giant massive thing they yeah. have a giant massive statue of DuSable just like we got a Lincoln Park we should have a giant because people don't understand like, this wasn't some little cabin that this dude had. This dude had an entire estate. It was a mansion. Like, you know, dude was filthy rich in a time where, like, many people that looked like me were property. So the value of him being able to do what he was able to do in that time, man, you got to multiply that, that by, like, a thousand percent at least. <laughs> and I feel like, you know, in the history books, man, when they talked about DuSable, they didn't they didn't give him due justice in terms of, like, what he had accomplished and how big and vast his estate was and who he employed and what he did for the city of Chicago and recognizing and having a vision for, wow, you got these waterways, this is going to be a globally renowned city. You know what I mean? Like, they didn't... They yeah, he's almost like an asterisk, and he should be... It should be a whole chapter on him in a so history book. he should book, be you know? a major... Like, you yeah. shouldn't talk about Chicago without talking about him first. Real talk. I, I don't so, even know how you do without talking about him. Yeah, it's impossible. Yeah, bro. So, but that that's that's where this. If we want to talk about black again, and again, I gotta salute black folk because we don't get saluted, you know, enough for like our contributions. We get knocked for a lot of stuff, and I promote positivity. So again, the puppy that's been damaged, you know, you gotta give them that extra love. And these these are my these are my people, right? Um, so I gotta salute that. But that 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 what that film does brilliantly is it it uses. Um, it uses first uh, Dusable um, and then um, Barack, and it uses them as a forum for talking about the history of black achievement in Chicago and its effect on the world. And it's such a history lesson, bro. Every time I watch it, I learn more, I get motivated, I get inspired, 
And again, like I talked about before, this isn't about quote unquote black people. <laughs> no, again, no. artificial construct. This is about humanity. All of us should be proud of this history. All of us should be clamoring to get this information because it shows you um, how amazing human beings are. <laughs> it shows you how resilient human beings are. This is human history. This ain't just black history. Um, so we gotta we gotta make that distinction. So where, where can um, I find this? Because I've never seen it before. Where is this available uh, on DVD, Blu-ray? So I'm, yeah, I'm sure you can get it on DVD. I mean, now I'm I'm willing to bet um, that you can get it. In fact, even after the podcast, uh, you know, I'll be able to get you details and all of that. And okay, share it with people as well too. Like hard, deal. I like to give links. I like to make it easy for people. Here, here's the link. Point click. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. But I'm sure you could get it on the PBS website. Okay. Um, you know, you might even be able to um, go to to Barbara Allen's website. So if you look up Barbara Allen VA and look up Dusable to Obama, and you Google that, I'm sure you'll be able to find a way to purchase it as well. So she is the genius, you know, behind uh, this Red Summer Winter uh, Blues movie. And for those who don't know, um, we have the 100th anniversary of uh, the Red Summer coming up uh, on July 27th. And what was, was the Red Summer? So the Red Summer was uh, a summer where we had the largest number of racial and biggest volume of racial riots in the history of America. Um, one that kicked off that was huge right here in Chicago. So what we're going to be doing is um, we're doing a walking tour of a lot of the historic spots where this, uh, where the racial rights took place here in Chicago. But this is something that happened all over the country in that same summer. Um, so what, what was the dynamic that created that? You had a lot of brothers coming back from the war, you know, that had fought and died for their country. And then we were being treated like animals. You know, and getting beaten and uh, lynched in their uniforms. And these brothers are like, we're not going to take it. So um, there's always been a history of struggle. There's always been a history of resistance since day one, since people were brought, you know, from Africa to the Americas. But this was one of the biggest on mass ones that you saw that we, you, that was that, you know, we were able to vis visibly chronicle. Um, why is that important? And you alluded to a little bit earlier in in a time where you know have you have certain public figures in oh, very high office. Man, don't get me started. <laughs> that are that are very divisive, not only in their rhetoric, but they're divisive in their policy because their rhetoric shapes policy. When you're in certain roles, like, and you have to understand that when you're in that when you're in a role like that, when you have black people being shot and killed, you know, where basically. Uh, police officers are being judges and executioners in the streets. See what I'm saying? Yeah, the Garner case just the other day, no justice for that, of course. Brother, yeah. yeah, yeah. You know, when we're living that, and, and so we're being lynched. We're still being lynched. But, but the lynching is just, okay, we're just going to shoot you dead in the street. Right. You know, um, the lynching is we're going to run you through the prison industrial complex. You know, apparently, you know, cannabis is now legal, right? You know, a plant that should have never been illegal, in my opinion. <laughs> yeah, uh, right. Exactly, bro. <laughs> but now, you know, we get the legislation passed, and now it's legal here. But but what are we doing about all these brothers who are incarcerated, 
there's a bathroom. Uh, this is this is what we're living, man. And in the spirit of San Kofi, you got to look behind. You got to look to your past to understand where you're going. Um, we feel like there's a definite tie to the lynchings that we're still experiencing today, to lynchings and the, and, and everything, the climate, the climate of um, the summer of 1919. So we're doing this walking tour. We're asking for people to support us in solidarity. I'm going to be performing, so I'm performing um, at different locations along the walk. Um, my sister Yugochi, who's an amazing, amazing international uh, recording artist and singer. Um, we've got uh, Cameron Wilder. So Cameron Wilder actually wrote a book about the Red Summer of 1919. Um, this particular gentleman, he actually works for the Wall Street Journal. You know, so you know, I got I, he's he's a very humble guy. So I got I got a kind of like stunt for him. <laughs> um, he's attached to the project as well, as well. So we're using this as not only a way to kind of promote and let people know about the project, but we're also we're, we're using it as a way to promote and let people know about the project, but we're also using it as a vehicle to, you know, uh, crowdfund it. So for, so for people who want to attend and um, actually um, support as well financially, great. We'd love for you to support and be there physically, but if you can't be there and you want to support, you know, financially, you know, um, go to my, you can, uh, you can actually go to uh, my webpage. I'll have all the details there. And uh, and uh, you'll be able to do it that way. And it yeah. sounds like a great event, great thing to attend. I just want to give you a shout, man, because I remember back in 2001 when uh, I was doing the Real One show, Ill Noise, on WCRX mm-hmm. at Columbia College. We used to get CDs in the mailbox, and I remember I got one in there one time from this cat named man. SB, and I'm like, I played it, <laughs> and there was a song you rhymed over the Mob Deep instrumental, and I was like, yo, Real, you got to hear this. This dude is... Uh, He's got something special. And then, of course, he got you down to the studio. And I'll never forget this, man. You rhymed over Treat Him Right, the Chub Rock instrumental. That's a really man. fast record. So the fact that you were able to hold on <laughs> and do your thing as quickly as you did, just big up, man. Right. And, you know, so, here we are talking 20 you, years man. later. Thank you, brother, man. I, I love that, man. It's a loose, man. It's a loose to you, loose to, um, to real ones, man. Like I said, man, I, I owe him, him classic, man. Um, yeah, we talked a little bit about how, like, you know, when you're moving at the speed of life, a life, uh, sometimes life gets in the way of the art. But I, I got some, I got some plastic, so I'm gonna get that to him. But again, salute to both of you guys because, um, you know, you guys are always have um, a special place in my heart because it's the cats, you know, that that recognize um, before all the accolades and all that good stuff comes. Um, that for me uh, are the guys that that, I, that we truly salute. It's very easy to, you know, support an artist. I guess once um, you know radio is behind them, once they're on TV, you know, just some of those things that I've been able to do. Uh, it's just very easy to kind of jump on the bandwagon after that stuff happens. But you know, I always give um, the greatest value to those, you know, because I when I look at when I look at DJs. You know, I know the history of this stuff, especially when you talk about hip hop. You know, so DJs were always called, they, you know, they were called selectors. And um, back when I was coming up, a DJ didn't just play, you know, the top 40 list. You know what I'm saying? You know, they didn't just play from 
a list that, you know, maybe a station manager, you know, man, giving them a real DJ was going to take you on a journey. And they were, they were very knowledgeable about all different kinds of, of music or maybe just one particular genre of music. And they were teaching you. They were teaching you through their sets. You know, I remember being put on to like Afrobeat music by going to house parties before I even knew what Afrobeat was. I didn't even know who Fela was. But when I finally got introduced to Fela, um, his, his body of work, I was able to be like, man, I remember, I thought that was a house song. <laughs> because music, good music <laughs> is just music, bro. And so cats like you, cats like real ones, you know, you guys are very much in many ways your teachers, your influencers, and I dare say, like, you're actually amazing. You know what I mean? Like, you move culture by putting people on to culture, by being very selective about what you expose people to. It's kind of like it's like being a parent, I, and I hear your daughter in the background. Yeah, she she heard you talking about all the hip hop stuff, and she was like, "I gotta go, daddy. We gotta. I want to go to that spot." You know, that he's talking about. Uh... <laughs> yeah, exactly. So it's, it's that man. You know, it's very much like being a parent, and you're you're only gonna see you're only gonna see Melody like that, which is good for her, right? Physically, mentally, spiritually, and. I, you guys do the same thing with music. Oh, that's what we try to do, man. That was always the goal from the jump, man, was to put it out there. Yeah, I, I hear you. And, uh, you know, get people out there to listen. Keep them eager to listen, like like Rakim said. You know, keep people out there uh, entertained, but also informed at the same time. So, you know, when Reels putting out his music and Flying B does his show, yeah, and having cats like you in the studio was always important for us to promote. Hey, before I let you slide, man... Uh, Talk about this joint, Keep Moving. We're going to play that after this year. Keep Moving. So, that man, perfect tee up, man, because um, Keep Moving is very much about what we're talking about. So we get in this in life, man. You know, sometimes if you're not careful, you can find yourself feeling like you're standing still, you know, like you're making no forward progression. And um, I got to salute my man Malik Youssef, um, you know, one of the greatest wordsmiths of all time. Um, I got to salute Malik Youssef because um, one of the things that uh, he had passed on to my buddy JB, who sang on a few records of mine, you got me singing most notably. That's my brother, my partner in crime. Um, he told me um, that one of the best um, beliefs was that you got to move without the ball. And at first I was like, man, what do you mean by that? What, 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 what does he mean by like move without the ball? But because I grew up playing basketball, I was able to find, I was able to like figure out what he meant by that. So essentially what he meant by that was, you know, when you're talking about music, you're playing this music game, man, dude, you have to be able to move before like you have any type of major situation attached to you or you're getting any type of major attention. You got to be able to move without that ball being in your hand. Um, and you got to keep moving because the one thing, my dad was a coach, my grandfather was a basketball coach. The one thing they hated to see on a basketball court is when cats would be out there on the court and they wouldn't be moving. Nobody's cutting to the, to the, to the ball. Nobody's cutting to the basket. Like, you can't play the game of basketball without consistently moving and creating something. And it's the same thing with this art. It's the same thing with hip-hop. So, you know, um, I even make an uh, analogy, you know, uh, to moving without the ball in that song, Keep Moving. And so, um, 
regardless of what setbacks I may have had in life, you know, I've always kept moving in some way, shape, form or fashion. And um, I wanted to, you know, hopefully put that out there as motivation and uh, inspiration to anybody else who might have felt like they were standing still. You know, their dreams, their goals and aspirations, they seemed like they were a little bit further out of their reach because of uh, immediate circumstances. I, I, my hope is that, you know, me, me talking about that in that song and me sharing, you know, my experiences, you know, that hopefully inspires them to keep, keep moving. No doubt, no doubt. And I'll play a third song of yours at the end here called Put Em Up. So those of you listeners out there, if you sat through this whole thing, you'll get another treat. You'll get a third song on Break Precedent instead of playing my usual outro and end it with a song. But yo, SB, I appreciate you coming through, man. Uh, my baby man, Melody here, brother. she's like, Thank you, brother. she's like, Daddy, it's been 60 minutes. You said it was only going to be an hour. She's right here. <laughs> <laughs> she wants to be on the track. She wants to be on the podcast with you. So uh. that's right. That's right, man. <laughs> Melly Mel is, is in the building. <laughs> Trust me, I've been playing that Rock Kim joint, my melody, at least ten times since she man, was born. Bro. Um, I mean, that's again, that's another one. Like on that list, you talk about goats. When you look at skills, you look at voice, you look at uh, content. You gotta, you gotta have them in the conversation. Oh, without a doubt. I, you know, I gotta ask you before you go because I, I feel like. If I don't, I'm gonna look like I'm a, like I, I I held back. Is there a cat that you people put on that list that you think doesn't belong because of the I don't know, sellouts oh. the right word you know like what you're saying like you know, sex violence and drugs uh, that's all that got him out there. Here's what I'll say. I'll keep it real, man. Um, and I mean, I've listened to all these cats. I have um, I have high respect for for them, but I feel like the usual suspects are the ones that I'm talking about specifically. So, I got you. And I know I'm going to get a lot of backlash for it, you know, especially for my brothers in New York, you know. But I'm going to say it. Like, I feel like I feel like Biggie was a great MC. Jay-Z is a great MC. Tupac is a great MC, you know, right? And let me just deal with Big. I'll, I'll deal with Big and I'll deal with um, Jay, right? Um, if you compare them to like a KRS one, if you compare them to a common, there's a major difference, man. Um, do I think that, you know, there's extremely skilled? Yeah, but I know in any MC that's gonna be real and they may not say it publicly like I'll say it, but I don't care. <laughs> um any any real MC will tell you that. We know who took the easy route and the easier of the routes. Because, I mean, it's not easy for you to... No, you know, to, get to, right, to, to get, get what you get. get. Right. It's, it's, it's never easy. But we recognize that there's an easy path. We all know that, like, you know, for, for those of us that fit within that category that people a lot of times say, like, conscious MCs, right? We know that, mm -hmm. well, if we chose to talk money, power, drugs, sex, we would definitely get we would have a faster route you know what i mean right you know um we would be able we would probably sell more records and all of that but here's the thing man when you love people you can't just give them what they want man it's just like having a child man like if i let my child run the household she would probably like she'd eat candy all day <laughs> you know I me mean? for lunch breakfast and dinner you know same thing with mcdonald's and all of that stuff because but because when you know better, you do better. When you love, you do better for your child. And I feel like not that my not that the not that the people are my child. It's just that I love them. You know what I mean? And I'm like, man, y'all got a lot of this negative stuff that you get fed. You get fed this fast food hip hop on a regular basis, right? 
and it's detrimental to your overall health mentally spiritually for sure right even psychologically let me give you whole foods let me give you some of this organic hip-hop you know what i mean and i i honestly believe that if you get somebody organic food you know what i mean and they, and they take it long enough over a period of time, not only will they understand, not only will they feel better, you know, but they will learn to love that which they didn't necessarily know that they liked. You know what I mean? It's kind of like when Lauren Hill was like, uh, what, she had that one verse, what you want eventually, what you need will eventually become what you want if you just let it. Something to that effect, right? Right. A lot of times people hate what they need because they've been so conditioned to go after that, which is toxic. They don't even understand that their conditioning has been conditioned. <laughs> so we've been conditioned to go after these things that aren't good. We've been conditioned to eat. And I mean, man, I hope McDonald's ain't like, man, we ain't going to never. Trust me, they don't pay me anything. Right. So go ahead. You do like that BDP like, record beef, right? That, that Karis one oh, song. Yes, exactly. <laughs> or Akbar like, talked about this stuff, too. Yeah. Yeah, we've been conditioned to eat food-like substances that aren't food, that aren't nutritional, that are causing cancer, you know what I mean, that have been proven to, like, contain carcinogens. And I look at music the same way. Like, music is so powerful because what other force? There aren't too many forces out here moving in the universe, you know, that we're interacting with on a daily basis that can affect you physically. Music is kinetic. It affects you mentally. It affects you psychologically. It affects you emotionally and spiritually. That's powerful, bro. And we are taking in music at very low vibrations with very negative messages on a consistent basis a lot of times, right? But imagine if we switch that frequency up and we were focusing more on that high frequency, that more positive vibe. How does that affect the world around us? That's what I got into hip-hop to do. You know, to affect that change. I ain't come here to just give you more of the same. And I didn't come here just to make a lot of money. I didn't come here to be famous. You know what I mean? I'll take the money and the fame because I understand that money and fame. You wouldn't be on the show if you did that. <laughs> Thank you, brother. I appreciate that. But I, don't get me wrong. Like, I'll take the money and the fame. Like, I, I would love to be one of the billionaires. Well, that's I a difficult it. balance but, right there. You know. But I'm not. But I got a code. You know, I'm a warrior, bro. So there's certain things I ain't going to do. So I'm not going to I'm not going to sell misogyny. I'm not going to sell you shock value culture in order to make money to become rich. And then after the fact, you know, be like, well, I'm giving my money to the poor. I'm endorsing it. I mean, I'm not knocking anyone that does it, you know, because, I mean, we need all the help we can get. And if that was your plan, you know, what I mean, then so be it. All I'm saying is that that can't be my route. And anybody that takes this this route, because this is the hard route. Make no mistake about it. This is the hard route. The brothers that I know that have reached certain levels of success and notoriety going the hard way, I'm going to salute them brothers and I'm going to speak that truth to power. And those are brothers like the Rock Hymns of the world. Those are brothers like the Commons and the Talib Qualis, the most deafs of the world. You know what I'm saying? Like those, those cats, they did it the hard way. You got to give them, you got to put extra respect on their name. <laughs> you got to give them extra salutes. You know, do I salute Big? Do I salute Pac? Do I? I mean, because Pac, even out of those three, I would say Pac had more positive. You know, keep your head up. You know what I mean? Especially in his early joints. You know oh, I mean? man. Like, Tupacalypse really, Now? That album I used yeah. to play to death, man. Come on, man. Like, I was so inspired by that. Like, Pac kind of gave me a blueprint in a way. 
for what I do. You know what I mean? So I got to salute him. Yeah, he was like that Black I, Panther of hip-hop back then, man. Yeah, that's exactly what he was, bro. You know, he had a little N.W.A. mix in there, but yep. that's what he was, bro. Um, and I and I salute him for that, you know what I mean? Because I, I was so inspired by Pac and continue to be inspired by Pac. Not just, you know, those songs, but his words. You know, when you, you put a mic on Pac, he was going to tell you exactly what he felt. You know what I'm saying? And he, was, he wasn't diluting it for anybody. And I appreciate that. I appreciate that honesty. I appreciate that transparency. And I know that Kanye was inspired very much by that. Kanye got a lot of his blueprint from Pac. As an artist, I could tell you that. As an MC, I could tell you that. I recognize the patterns. <laughs> I know that. Right. So, but what I will say is that if you look at Pac's body of work in terms of positive messages... You know what I mean? Common got a stronger body, in my opinion. Um, well, yeah, Pac got away from it at the tail end of his life, and of course, right. all the postmortem stuff that came out of he, I, it's hard for me to count any of that because he didn't have anything to do with that. It was all produced right. when he was yeah. gone, and you know. Yeah, and I understand Pac's situation. Pac was in a major label situation. I, I love Pac as a human being. I think that had Pac lived, we would have seen a lot more. I know that Pac was trying to get out of that situation at death row. He's a very complicated situation, I think. I think his really yeah, I mean, is hard to... It's Pac not It's not a simple answer, like, you know, if you try to Pac, just Pac paint to, him in a Pac box. To, yeah, Pac was trying to say what we consider a lot of times to be the... You know, that might be... A lot of times they dub him the lost one. He was trying to say those cats in the streets. And I think that he, he said this in a Vibe interview. He was like, I, I set out to grab those cats. The cats that were in the street that were going to jail jail they were either going to jail or they were going to get killed the streets were going to kill them right i went i I went out deliberately to get them and i made the certain changes in the music that i felt i needed to get to get them behind me he was like the only thing now that i need to understand is how do i shift them from street soldiers to warriors you know what i mean how do i make that shift how do i politicize them that's what he was struggling with how do i get them because Pac had them behind him he had the streets behind him but his, his challenge was like, okay, how do I politicize them? How do I turn this into action? You know what I mean? That benefits the collective. And I think he was he was on his way to getting there. I think he would have figured it out. I think he needed to get away from the situation that he was in. And he had to sign that deal to get out of jail, bro. Like, he signed that deal on, like, notebook paper, bro. So he was, he was, he was trapped in a certain way, but the day was coming where he was going to break free and he was such an intelligent dude and such a conscious dude i have no doubt that he would have gotten i remember him in that same interview he was saying like god willing if i live oh, i'm gonna have my own political party and i believe he would have done it he got stuck he got painted in a corner he had to kind of make a deal with the devil and suge knight and all that uh the peace to, is dirty bro peace it's to dirty, suge don't bro. come after me suge you know you're, you're my man and everything um i don't want to be hanging over my balcony but uh man, uh, man we don't want that bro <laughs> but um <laughs> I, I think Pac got stuck and uh it kind of set him back and unfortunately you know we never got to see you know right, right. him, him I live him. I, I love him salute the soldier is he one of the greatest absolutely but if you ask me you know what I mean? Who I'm going to put in my top five when I look at their body of work over years because I understand what's, it's hard, what's harder to do. Jay-Z told you. Jay-Z basically told He answered that question. Um, what did he say? Um, he's like, tell the truth, throwing a rhyme like common sense. 
but I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense. He had another one where he bigged up um, to, to live in that same song. The skills so truthfully, lyrically, I'd be Tyler Kweli. Tell the truth, I want to rhyme like common sense, but I did. But I did five mil. I ain't been rhyming like common sense. Then he goes on to say, if something, um, something about doing what makes sense, because he understands. Since I know we up against, we as rappers must decide what's most important. And I can't um, help the poor if I'm one of them. So I got rich and gave back to me. Now that's win-win. And then he said something like, uh, I think he says, I'm a Jay-Z fan, bro. Because, I mean, lyrically, he's crazy, you know. And he has positive messagery as well, too, right? He just ain't got as much as common as to live. But then I think he ends with, uh, what do you say, uh, so when you see the homie, um, something, something in the rims that spin, riding in the rims that spin, just know my mind is spinning just like them. The rims that that is, 360 degrees, right? So people don't know, like I know, and you probably know this. Jay Z started out as a conscious rapper. I remember Originators. Go pull that up on YouTube for all y'all. Right. Oh yeah. I know what um that um Jay Z. I know Jay Z has knowledge itself. You know what I'm saying? He was rhyming with jazz. That's what they were rhyming about. Right. They were rhyming about knowledge itself. You know what I mean? All of these principles. Um, he came up under Kane, too, right? So, I and mean, yeah. Right. Yeah, Clark Kent and that whole situation. So, Jay-Z ain't a dummy. And Jay-Z is conscious. And when you look at what he's doing, you know, for different situations, bringing light to certain things and financially backing certain things, you know, I, I salute him for that. But, again, if we're talking about greatest MCs, I gotta give you credit for going the harder way, bruh. It's like it's like you know, um, it's like basketball. I gotta look at your bracket, bro. <laughs> when you you made it to the championship, <laughs> eh, if you had a if you had a lighter ride than these other cats, they came. I mean, even NBA. You know what I'm saying? If the West is more of a beast than the East, I gotta give you more credit, man, for making it to, to the championship game. And so. When I talk about common, when I talk about Karis, when, when I talk about to live, when I talk about most, yeah, you know I mean these cats, man, they did it the hard way. Against all odds, somehow they became, you know, these names that are part of the pantheon. So that that's my perspective. Everybody ain't got to agree, but me and <laughs> I mean, we, I, and I, I'm glad I had a chance to like tell common that to his face. You know, I, when I was the last time I was in Cali. I was there. I got the. It's crazy. I, I go from walking the red carpet with Moby, <laughs> like oh, Moby rocks. Walk, I think can't really. He either walked the red carpet before me or after me, right? So I go to this event. He walks the red carpet. Then I go to No ID Studio, and um, Common is there, and Jeezy um, came through. Akon came through. A lot of people came through. Like um, Don Cannon was there as well, and this is back when uh, Common had made the Dream and the Believer, right? So. It started out with us just hanging out because I know I was doing something. I don't know if he was meeting with Jeezy at the time or whatever, or, or he was just working on some stuff, but he was coming back and forth. So we all, you, we call No ID Yoda for a reason. You know what I mean? Because <laughs> No ID, he's, it's funny. Very underrated producer. I don't not, think he gets enough he's, credit. He's one of my top five producers. And the crazy thing is, I ended up working with No ID because. Shout out to uh, Tifa from the Syndicate. You know what I mean? Um, she uh, on her show on WGCI years ago. I came on the show, 
and she had asked me, you know, we were playing some of the music, whatever. And um, she asked me, like, well, you know, who are my favorite producers? And, you know, and who I want to work with? I was like, number one, no ID. I was like, one, he's in my top five, one of the dopest producers that did it. Two, he is Chicago cat. So, yeah, I'm a big up us. <laughs> and she was like, worried. She was like, yeah, but, and after that, you know, after we kind of went off air, she's like, man, um, well, we had taken a station break. She was like, man, you know, have you ever met no ID? And I was like, uh, no, nah, I never met him before. I, I, you know, I had met him before, but it was some other situation. And, you know, we just, you know, it wasn't a right situation for me. Like, hey, man, can you send me some beats? He ain't know me from Adam. You know, it wasn't the right type of intro. So she was like, well, you know, she, like he did a lot of production for my group. I was like, yeah, man, I remember late at night. Like, that was my cut. You and Shauna, right? <laughs> she was like, okay. She was like, man, I'm going to call no ID right now. I, I'm, I'm going to see if I can get him up there. He came up there that same night. And we started working together. So, you know, No ID is a very intelligent brother, bro. And what I know, what I noticed about him is he's very deliberate, even in his conversations as well, too. So, Deanna say stuff deliberately to set something up in the short term and the long term. I'll just say that about him, right? Right. So, um. One of my famous conversations with him. Oh, so I'll get back to the whole comment thing. So I got a chance to tell comment because we we started having these conversations about top fives, right? You know, so I think Common ran down his top five, and then I ran down my top five, and I put Common in it, and I explained why. But before we had done that, man, we were just chilling, building. You know, we all we're all Nas fans because Nas changed the game. Nas might be my number one. But, uh, Nas got to be in the game. You know what the crazy? This is how ill Nas is. Because, you know, Nas was in the conversation even before his stage show got good. Because I remember when said Nas' stage show wasn't hot. You know? like Just like I remember when Kanye's stage show wasn't hot. Now they, they got great stage shows. But Nas is such an ill lyricist. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that even without necessarily having... And Nas always brought some some consciousness into in his stuff from day one you know what i mean so maybe not as much as common it might have been more subliminal but it was there right. you might not have but caught it, it. Was, but it was there you know what i'm saying like at yeah. least it was there and that's why like in my opinion if you ask me between nas and jay i'm gonna always take nas oh, i've always been more but nas jay, than jay yeah but, but jay is dope i remember telling people about jay and reasonable doubt like everybody was on biggie's tip and i love biggie and ready because ready to die was bananas but i was like yo y'all need to check this jay-z cat out <laughs> for real for real because <laughs> this is a cl- reasonable doubt is a classic and in my opinion it's his best work today which makes sense for a lot of people their first work is their best work because you spend your whole life making that first record right and nas is yeah. defined by illmatic every time no matter exactly. what he does no one will ever it's I always illmatic it's always illmatic no matter what he's done after it yeah, but I mean, it's crazy because like me and Common in the studio, I mean, we maybe had a few, I'm a big up to my man Q, because Q um, rolled out with me on that mission, made it possible for me to even be out in Cali and to accept the award that I got to perform at the, at the historic Roxy and you even to be able to be at No ID studio because he had no idea for me and set that up and everything. So um, my man Q, Quincy Phillips from the Q agency doing big things, you know, out in the Bay Area and everything. So salutes to him. Um, and his wife Kimmy, both of them and their team, they they do a, they've been doing amazing things for many many years for a lot of situations. So um, again, big ups to them. But 
you know, the funny thing is, man, we there, we kicking back, and, um, dude, we reciting Nas rhymes. You know what I mean? That's how ill and how prolific and influential Nas was. And, I mean, that was a great moment for me to be able to have that, because Tom is one of my music heroes. You know, and to be able to have that type of moment where it's just love for hip-hop, it ain't about business, the business of hip-hop, those moments were just about us loving hip-hop, period. You know, the stuff that, you know, we don't get paid to do. We do this if, whether we got paid or not. And so, um, but anyway, we got a chance to go in and do a listening session on um, The Dreamer and The Believer. I get, I got to get, you know, I do my insights and my stuff. One of the things No ID was like, man, he was like, so what's up? What you want to do? He was like, you know, you know you got it. You got it. Like, you can do this on the highest of levels. He was like, all I want to do is I want to find out from you, do you want to be Picasso or do you want to be Andy Warhol? Oh, jeez. <laughs> and I was just like, I mean, and I knew what he was saying in that. You know, I knew exactly what he was saying in that. Yeah. Um, um because I've always thought of myself as more like my favorite painters are like Van Gogh. I was, dude, you know? I was just about to say the exact same thing. Vincent Van Gogh Yo, was Van that Gogh dude. Van Gogh was that dude for me. You know what I mean? Like, you know, I mean, Andy Warhol, I mean, I'm not really a fan of that. You know what I'm saying? Like, I'm not. I'm just being honest with you. And no disrespect. I'm just, for me, the impressionist, you know, again, Van Gogh, Monet. You know, those are the okay. dudes that I'm like, uh, like crazy to me. Like Basquiat, like that. You know, I I love. You know, I like that. I like. No, that. Van Gogh was dedicated. Dude, cut his ear off. I mean, it's bro. Yeah, <laughs> it's, yeah. I mean, that dude was never, committed. And I, if I remember correctly, he never was financially like he was never financially right. He didn't get paid like some of the other artists did. Um, Times have so not changed. Me, <laughs> I'm gonna be honest with you. My answer to that question is. This is what I believe, and I, and I believe this ardently. Um, I believe that you can be Picasso, you could be Van Gogh, uh, you can be uh, Monet and be commercially viable, but you have to have you have to be aligned with the right situation. You have to have the right team. If you have the right team, if you because a lot is marketing, bro. Like this is business. If it's marketed right and you're marketed to your tribe all over the world oh you can definitely have a financial success prosperity and the and the acclaim and all of that but it has to be right and what i find is like all too often a lot of times the monets of whatever so the monets and the van goghs of hip-hop or the monets and the van goghs of uh any other music genre jazz genre like how many jazz artists died bro you know how many artists that aren't part of the conversation on a regular basis when we talk about grace that were just as good if I bet I mean think about like Selena's dad um what's Selena uh Johnson's dad name Phil oh Phil yeah Johnson. right bruh look at his catalog <laughs> like he was supposed to be Al Green like real talk like and more people know Al Green probably than they do the Phil Johnson oh, and big I, time and I love and I love Al Green, but but Phil Johnson is doper. You know what I mean? Phil Johnson. I see. Got, I see. Fact, saying. The, the same company, the same record label that eventually signed Al Green, they actually wanted Phil Johnson. But Phil Johnson was just such a wild character; he didn't show up for some reason. <laughs> like he was supposed to meet with these cats, <laughs> he did show up, and so they ended up getting Al Green, and the, and the rest is history. 
for so many hip hop greats, you would have Wu Tang sample. I mean, Rizzo sample Sil Johnson so religiously, like to a point where Sil Johnson has this documentary. He's like, "This is the house that Wu built." <laughs> right? Because right. you know, Sil, I'll sue you. I ain't sampling no Sil, bro. No. <laughs> Don't sample Sil unless you're ready to cut that check, bro. I'm just telling you right now, we gonna sue. Well, that's the thing with so, sampling yeah. a lot of those artists back then. Once they got a, to realize what was going on, they saw there was some money in it. But unfortunately, a lot of it already happened by the time they figured it out. <laughs> so, yeah, man, you know, you know, me and you could talk forever. But, um, you know, I um, I just wanted to I wanted I love that you asked me that because I wanted to expound on it. Cause, oh, yeah. No, I'm just sitting back holding the baby listening, man. <laughs> yeah. Oh, the other thing I did want to do is I got a, I got a shout out. We got new music coming. New album should be coming in the fall. Um, I want to this. I want to make sure this is on air for everybody because this is how you'll stay connected. You know, this is very important to be on the email list, bigger than social media. Make sure you um, go to www.sbhiphopmusic.com to stay in tune with all the new music, um, anything that's happening in terms of like the stuff that we're doing for film and TV. Um, I got um, a lot of branding stuff coming out in terms of like clothing, so like t-shirts hats that are like dope we did a lot of rebranding of the website the logos the visuals and everything that i'm really really proud of uh, i can't wait to like you know unleash that on everybody but the key is is to make sure that everyone um goes and uh, subscribe for all the updates on the mailing list you can do that just by going to www.sbhiphopmusic.com and uh people can find you on twitter Instagram, things oh, yeah. like that too. Twitter, Twitter on the gram is just at SB Hip Hop. On Facebook, man, I got like I want to say three or four accounts. <laughs> so you can find me under Sean Butler, S E A N B U T L E R. You can find me at Sean Butler dash S B. You can find me as S B. You can find me as Supreme B Boy. Yeah, that's one of the many, you know, um, epithets. The SB stands for. Gotcha. <laughs> okay. Three boys. A lot of people probably don't know. Can that. you break a little so, bit? You know what? I, I, I can't. I used to back in the day. I'm a little bit up there now. I, I feel I, you I, on that. You ain't gonna see me do. You know, I ain't gonna. I'm not gonna break down into uh, no helicopters. Too many, too many helicopters no more. Bro. <laughs> but back in the day, you know, I used to do my little thing, man. Especially at halftime at basketball games and all of that stuff, but. Um, yeah, man. You know, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a break boy. I'm a B boy. You know, for real, for real. So, um, you got to stay true to that, man. And um, I think we have to continue to salute that and preserve that element of the culture um, because we have shifted a lot away from that. Whereas when you look worldwide, you look at other places. It's other embraced. Nations, yeah. It's man. They embraced it, man. They salute it to a point where it's actually kind of shaming. So. I think we got a lot of work to do here in the States to, you know, continue to celebrate that which is of our own creation. I've always That's thought that the reason why that is, and I, I could be wrong on this, but uh, those other cultures that treat it more like a culture than we do, because we, it's, like you said, you call it like fast food. It's, you know, it's it's right. in one ear, out the other, you're already on, what's the next thing, what's the next thing? Those other countries, yeah. they have a long tradition, culture, and things, so they treat things with, I don't know how to Man. say it, but with a different mindset like they they respect the old way or the art and everything and everything is disposable like a master right. a said disposable arts everything is yeah. here and gone the next day so i think that's partly why that is you know maybe i'm wrong about that but 
Yeah, and, and that's why it's important to pass it on to the next generation. So, like, I got my daughter. My daughter's been listening to the interview. I want her, you know, kind of share a little bit as well, too. Um, that's why it's so important for us to invest in that next generation. So that's why, like, I took her, you know, I, I, sent, I sent her Jay Dilla Beats to rhyme to. You know what I mean? I know oh, she can rhyme to anything, but I sent her Dilla Beats. You know, my first beats I sent her were Dilla Beats, um, Diggable Planet Beats. I had just gone to an amazing Diggable Planet um, Man, I seen them perform once. That was, dude. Man, it was crazy, bro. Ladybug Mecca is ill, man. And a lot of people don't give Diggable Planets that just do like Diggable Planets pop. They weren't ready. Before Fuji's. You yep. know what I mean? Like they were the first to bring that dynamic to hip hop of having a having a, a a female rapper who was the cornerstone really of the group. And then two and then two dudes, you know what I mean? And then the Fuji's went on and they rose with that same, you know, blueprint, you know, that same type of structure. So Yo, I want my daughter to be cognizant of that history. So, you know, she was with me when we went, when Kenny Keyes did his thing at, at the Jay Dilla Orchestral Tribute. You know, she was bobbing her head, bobbing to it. You know, we did a little freestyle and everything. So, uh, what did you think about, what did you think about the show last night? I think it was very good. I think it was very inspirational. And um, Kenny Keyes was really good. And... <laughs> I, I was like thinking it would be like old school, but it was. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> <laughs> I, I love that she said that because, like, you know, her perspective is, you know, going to be her perspective. So, like, a lot of stuff that we like is old, can't, could be old school, but I think more aptly, I think what she's also getting to is it's, when it's true school, yeah. it's timeless. Right. It's, that, that music is timeless, bro, and it's going to. And it's you know it's gonna age well. Just like I feel like I feel like my album, my first album, Revolution. And even when I go back and I listen to it now, I feel like man, that that album has aged well. And that's one of the things I'm most proud of because I try to make music when I when I set out to make music, man. I want to make music for me that you could put in a time capsule, and it's gonna not only will it age well, but you'll be able to understand and really understand who I am and what I'm about. Through the music, um, I believe I believe very much in what Mary Baraka said is that you know an artist's role, you know, is to raise and elevate the consciousness of the people, you know. And if you're not doing that, I don't really consider you to be a, a artist. You know, you may be an entertainer. You know, so some of those artists that we talked about before are great entertainers. But when I talk about, when I say, an, when I'm saying MC, I'm talking about a master of ceremonies. Uh, for me, MC means not only to move the crowd, but it means to motivate and cultivate. Okay. Right, so, right. So, you know, that, that going back to that conversation. Yeah, that Common definitely is one of those. I mean, without a doubt, Talib, Bro, like you said yeah. before, I mean, those, those dudes, they definitely put it down in that category. They're not just uh, dudes rhyming over beats. They're bringing right. a consciousness that uh, to this day, regardless if it's something from the '90s or something from last week, they're still bringing it. And uh, you got to you got to salute those dudes, man. Yeah, Dela, Dela rocked here. Oh I mean, yeah, I missed that. Man, that show was crazy, dude. They bad. I played some songs. I didn't even recognize the bass lines. Was so I had the ugly face. You know, like, <laughs> literally, literally throughout most of that whole experience, man. I mean, those are MCs, man. That. Their crowd control, you know, their, their gift for, you know, even entertaining the crowd. And, and I've rocked with them 
you know, once or twice as well, too. So, I mean, man, all, you know, all praise due to the Most High, man, because, um, you know, I've been blessed to be able to either rock the stage with some of my great, most of my greatest musical heroes, you know, in terms of my contemporaries, um, and even in some instances work with them, man. And, you know, I'm just a kid who just years ago, you know, I said, man, you know, I took the Mahatma Gandhi. I was a big fan. It's like I've always been a big fan of comic books and stuff like that. We didn't even get a chance to talk about oh, that. Oh, man, that's that's what the show is about I, 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 most I, of the time. <laughs> yeah, so, so big salute, man. I'm so glad you got that uh, the intro with uh, DMC. Man. One of my first tapes, man, like Tough and Another. Come on, bro. The f- like, run, the run first- DMC? The first album I ever bought with my own money. I mean, I had Thriller as a kid on, exactly. on Wax, but when I actually had my own cash and went to the Me store, too, I can name the first four <laughs> records. The first tape I bought was at the record exchange over there by the by the Red Line uh, on Belmont. Yep. It was uh, yep, Raising yep. Hell on cassette. Man, that was crazy. I still have it. Uh, License to Ill, uh, big, Bigger and Deffer, and then uh, Fat Boys Crushing. Those are like my four... That was like my my foundation right there, and it's ever since. It's yep. never looked back. Yeah. Okay. Since you said it, I got to share mine. So I would say I remember. I think it was tougher than leather, right? Was tougher leather before raising hell? No, uh, tougher leather was eighty eight. So that would have been after raising hell. Yeah. Then I had okay. So I had raising hell. Because what was on there? Peter raising hell was Peter Piper. You know, obviously walk oh, yeah, this way. It's tricky. Yeah. 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 All right. So I, raising hell was my first. I just I I, I purchased a lot of run <laughs> but I, raising hell was my first. Um, I remember going to the store and also buying um, LL Cool J. Uh, what was it? Which one was that? Uh, was it Walking with a Panther? Or which one was the one with? Uh, I mean, the Breakout. I oh, that's love. bigger and deafer. That's bigger and deafer. Yeah. And, um, and Walking with a Panther. I'll, I'll say this. I was playing it a little bit this week. People always crapped on that record. Man, it slept on big time. <laughs> LL. I know he had some of the love songs on there. He kind of did like four or five of them. But right. there's a couple joints on there. You play them now. Uh, he, he was on another level. LL got to be in your goat too. He got yeah. to be in your conversation because of longevity, bruh. Yeah. yeah. And the level at which he was doing it and how early he came into the game, you got to give it up to LL. You no, got to be in a goat conversation. I mean, unfortunately, you know, he hasn't made a record in a long time that, that I right. can... But he's doing big things with the, the uh, Sirius XM station. The Rock the yep. Bells, uh, they're they're playing music that you won't hear anywhere else. So I got to give LL props for that. Oh, I got to check for that, man. You put you put me up on that. I didn't know about. That. I did a road trip to Atlanta last summer, and that's all we played. And I was mm. like, man, L, keep doing your thing, man, because he was he's playing a lot of the old stuff like Mantronic stuff, like I never hear anymore. Man, and, uh, <laughs> okay. So I got to throw this out. EPMD, Strictly Business. That was also one of the early. Ones oh yeah, yeah. yeah. Business right. Usual is probably my favorite EPMD record, but Strictly Business, man, that's. Timeless. Man, it's still it, that was a banger, banger. So yeah, that's it. You got anything else you want to say? No, that's it, man. Uh, big up for uh, coming I through. Going, uh, I was going back to uh, my daughter, Sana, aka Amina. <laughs> anything else you want to throw out there, hon? Anything you want to say to MJ? Anything you want to say to the people listening? Um, to the people listening, I think that um, just <laughs> I don't know. So, I've been um, living with my dad, well, like, living and living with my mom and dad, and it's been cool, and I love my dad, and I got my inspiration from him also, 
and he's been like helping me with my freestyle <laughs> and and I've just been very happy with that and I just want everybody out there to know that just listen to my dad and just always whenever you listen to rap and hip hop just really listen to it and just don't um just don't like it because of its sound like it because of its message Ooh, that's okay. how you, that's how you do it she didn't get all crazy with you know trying to explain it right to the Man. point right to it melody would talk but she can't but uh <laughs> she's got a b-girl shirt on but it says bat girl so it's not the same thing man. but <laughs> it's coming it's, it's coming, coming. <laughs> oh big up man appreciate it appreciate it hey uh thanks for coming through man and uh when everything drops the new stuff the you know, new album new clothes everything you know come on through you know there's always a forum here for you Thank you, brother, man. This is just like this is like a family conversation around the dinner table. You know I could talk to you forever, bro, man. That's the funny thing. I don't know how you're going to edit it down, bro. Man. It's a it's an hour 52. <laughs> it's going to be the longest one I've ever done. <laughs> well, man, you know, I'm talking to my brother, man. I haven't chatted with him a little bit, man. So, you know, you we had so much to cover and you know, we could always we could always do it again, bro. Whatever you want, <laughs> no doubt. And like you just said, with the song we're about to play, we're gonna keep All moving. Right, SB, <laughs> no doubt, man. Big up. All right, man. Thank you. Peace. Peace. Here it is. Keep moving from SB on Infinite Band. So who dream gotta move without the ball And standing still or kill your opportunities to score I can't settle for less, I need more Been writing on this pencil on my cheese So I check myself in the game Announcing my own name Chilling for myself, they asking is he sane? Cause they could never understand the pain within my brain Nor my hunger for success, nor the stress that it bring But I know that God bless them, destined to win rings And I best baby boys, it test me like Ving Rhames See SP the beast of the east like King James bring Heat to these streets, Ray Allen's and D-Ways My rhymes make points, these others they point shade These Ginobis, they don't know me, I've been a killer of Kobe I'm about to show them who the show be It's showtime when I rhyme on my prime if I'm not, show me Another better that's bringing the vendetta And chop cheddar, they follow, I'm leading a trendsetter They only monkey see, monkey do Hope they kiss the monkey flu and die Cause they rhyme like they monkey poo I fear that mother should've took the more than after pill All of these so-called rappers really an actor's gift but fans love the fact that I'm real And never act a certain way to appeal I'm just chill and I Keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving Keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving Gotta keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving Keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving I keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving Keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving Gotta keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving Keep moving, keep moving Now some will tell you that I'm too complex the prison industrial complex got me vexed These prisons they be building be the new slave ships They filling with our children while they pockets made rich But my eyes are wide open like amazement Ears into the pavement I can see the glitches in the matrix Stitches in the races Plotting to erase us Hawking to engage us Chasers, maces and tasers Well yet yeah, we rise like the savior Singing like Mahalia Jackson with the gospel when they jail us They want me thinking like a failure But I know success true 
only rests in my mind and not the bailers. My jurisdiction is the world, yours is fiction. Power to steal a bill, killer healers in my diction. I can't stand by while children die in the shot. When children die in Mumbai, it's like I'm seeing Sana. When I look upon their faces, I'm a father of the nations. Connected to them regardless of what their race is. This umbilical cord is of the Lord. So you can never cut it with your lasers, nor your swords, nor a verdict from a boar, a jury of concord. His S take flight like Bruce is the dark night. I protect my city, this shield I will is my life and I, and I, yeah. Keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving. Keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving. Gotta keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving. Keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving. I keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving. Keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving. Gotta keep moving, keep, keep, keep moving. That was Keep Moving from my man SB, and I appreciate him coming on and talking about hip-hop and Chicago and the culture, and there's so much in there. I mean, it's it's over an hour's worth of content, and really, I didn't even realize the time went by that fast, so hope you guys checked it out. Hope you enjoyed what you heard. Check him out at sbhiphop.com. Check out his music. Check out his merchandise. Check out what he's doing. Before I go, I know Kirk just said it's time to get out of here, but I'm not going to leave just yet. I'm going to play one more song from SB, but before I do that, I do want to talk about The Walking Dead issue 193, and I want to say it was really good. It was like probably three issues packed in one. It did not feel like it was rushed. It did not feel like he just kind of put everything together just to get that final issue out there, and I really like what they did. They showed you what it's like in the future. Carl has a, a kid with Sophia, who, spoiler, these characters are still alive in the comic book, not in the TV show. Glenn and Maggie's kid, Herschel, is around. There's some really cool stuff in there. He's kind of like this uh, roaming, like uh, almost like a circus performer or something, where he takes zombies around, walkers, and treats them like they're, uh, I don't know, like circus entertainment. Yeah, because at this point in time, it's not really a threat anymore. The zombies, the walkers, they're not really a threat to the human life. Uh, Rick's future, his Rick's vision has grown and has lived on to what he always ex- expected it to be everybody in the in the comic book that's still alive has moved on to other things michonne's now a judge like i said carl's a father so there's a lot going on that's a little bit different it's really cool how robert kirkman took the image no pun intended image comics from where he started and where it ended up it's really well done it's really well put together I don't get the opinion. I did at first before I even read it, but after reading it and reading the back few pages where he talks about finishing the series, I don't really get the opinion that he really was rushed into this or he's pressured into it. I really feel like he felt that he was done and it would make more sense maybe to go to 200, but he didn't want to just put a bunch of filler in there. So I give him credit for that. And he used the analogy that when you're watching a movie, you don't like to know when the end is because then you kind of know when it's coming. So in this regard, us, the readers, didn't know the, the book was done. So it's a bit of a surprise, but the cool thing is that it ended and we didn't know it was coming. So that's pretty cool. And I, I get now that I read what he said and explains it better, I, I feel him on all that. So it's a really good book. Go out, go out there and cop it uh, before it ends up being $50 online or whatever. The, the cool thing about the book is it ended, spoiler, whatever, uh, at the end, Carl is reading a story about Rick to his daughter. And, uh, you know, me being a dad now kind of has a little more meaning for me. But a really good book. 
Go check it out. Comic books are always a big deal. The San Diego Comic-Con is going on. There should be a new Season 10 trailer coming out. Can't wait to see that. And uh, like once again, Walking Dead 193, really good stuff. Go check it out. All right, that's it for the show. Big up to my man, SB. I really appreciate him coming through. Check him out at sbhiphop.com. You can follow what he's doing at his music, the Red Summer Walking Tour. It's coming up on the 27th. Big up to SB. I appreciate him coming through. Even his daughter got in it a little bit at the end. My daughter was crying. So it was a, <laughs> it's a joint effort here. Really glad I was able to talk to SB and have him talk about what he's doing now. And we'll probably have him on again because there's so much we didn't even get to. So thanks for checking out the show. Go check out his music. And check out this show on podcast.com, Blueberry, CastBox, now on Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, iTunes, Google Play, Mixcloud. And follow the show on Twitter at Infinite Banter. Follow me at DJ Soundway 75 Same thing for Instagram. And on Facebook at Infinite Banter. I appreciate everybody for checking out the show. And uh, here we go before we leave. This is SB. This is called Put Em Up on the Infinite Banter Podcast. I'm out. Get clocked, I'm confident to rock and nothing but a long two sock. I'm red hot, what you got? You ain't ready to rock compared to me, the word of and see, not a lot. I gotta laugh at these rappers at times. I'm so ahead of my time. It's like I've been here at least ten times. I'm back from the future, sit back to reduce you to atomic particles, neutrons and molecules. My kind of physics make your body's blizzard the furion, but nah, homie, I'm not physic. These rap minions follow me like proof. Contrast to they ain't messing with you. Her mic's cords and boards, SB is the law. Mic in my hand like Luke holding the sword. Or rather lightsaber the force. It just enable my flow to even more turn up for the show. You ain't know. Give it back after the battle, believe you sleep, listen, Seattle. And trying to take up the piano. The future rap is not existing. Trust in my wisdom. To tell you, you don't wanna come test S. Don't you see the bright red ass on them chest? Let me clock in, introduce you to the Superman. Yo, fam, like, don't be stupid, man. You get the S stress, don't get the S vex. Don't you know he rise up like the Loch Ness? I am a monster, worse than any conjure by any hallucinogens, drinking ganja eye. AI mean the answer any problem, you. Just like it get treated, prima donnas high. Don't get your heart took, shook like your name is Sook. You're not real, you're something out of storybook. Imaginary, your fairies are too scary to best me. The most high chosen, he blessed me. To seek and destroy as the supreme B-boy. With more glow and shine than Bruce Leroy. So show out and you get shown up. Meaning kiss the converse just as soon as Sean first is perfect.